Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, mama. Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday, Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next two hours talking sports with you right here on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We will start at the bottom of the hour. Our friend Alec Bussey, who covers Iowa State, will join us. Iowa State on the road tonight, at least TJ Squad on the road tonight. Beat goes on for the ladies as well. What a remarkable comeback win uh, for Fenley's crew over Baylor, ranked Baylor, should mention. Uh, Nice win there. We'll talk to Alec Bussey, basketball, football. Ball. Did Matt Campbell actually pick up the phone or answer the phone, I guess, in this case, when Troy Dannon apparently called uh, with uh, at least to kick the tires on any interest that might have been there on Campbell's part? Not saying there was, not saying there wasn't, don't know. But we do know, apparently, that there was at least a phone call made. So Alec Bussey, who broke that story, 24-7 sport. Will join us at eleven thirty. Do a little NFL in the first segment of our number two. Nick Athen, ChiefsBlitz.com, Chiefs and the Bills. This time the scene shifts east. Finally, after the Bills seemingly always went to Arrowhead, now the folks from Arrowhead have to return the favor and head to Buffalo. So we'll talk to Nick Athen and then Scott Dockerman. So much news on the Hawkeyes. Fran McCaffrey becoming the all-time winningest coach. Good to see. Really good to see the tears running down his face afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, means a lot. The uh, Iowa, uh, just uh, the whole Iowa basketball um, uh, spot record that he attained, uh, obviously, uh, that, that struck a nerve yesterday for Fran McCaffrey. And his team had a nice win on the road, so we'll talk to him about that. Apparently, Paul Christ uh, turned down the University of Iowa. Uh, their coach, their offensive coordinator search remains open. So a lot of news with Scott Dockerman to get to. And we'll get to him about 1225 before Trent's plays of the day coming up here at about 10 minutes before one. Good to see you. Spoke a lot when we were, when I was gone, but yeah. good to see the whites of your eyes. What's going on? Oh, well, we got a, a packed house here today in studio. No school yes. for the kids. So, <laughs> I saw that. Uh, we got a couple of helpers with us Good. today, but they're, they're raring to go. They got tablet time, so they're very excited about that. A couple hours of screen time. And then we'll uh, we'll be a good dad afterwards this afternoon. But yeah, what a weekend. What a. You were not stuck at home. Being stuck at home for that long, that's a lot. <laughs> it, it, well, it depends. I'm used to it. You're, you're used to it. You are, right. But yeah. you also don't have to. Li- I mean, no, it's true. You don't leave, though. I, I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't. I came in yesterday and worked for like an hour just into here yesterday. Yeah, just, I, just, I was here yesterday too for a while. Just to get out of the yeah. house for a yeah. while. We uh finally got the kids out of the house. We went to a movie yesterday. That mm-hmm. was good to be able to do that. So, we did those kind of things, but it's a lot. You're mm-hmm. just you're cooped up. It was too cold. I finally I bit the bullet, got somebody to come do the driveway. What that cost you? 70 bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, but it was so compressed down and packed down. Yeah. That there is still a thick oh, layer of ice yeah. now on there. Uh, Tara went up, woke up this morning at 4.45, as she does, to go to the gym. Her car didn't start, mm. so she took my vehicle and then whatever uh, friends so at work. So she's still going through this weather? Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. The, today for Des Moines schools, it was a non-kid day, though. Uh, kids were not going to school. It was an in-service day, so yeah. she got a ride to work today, and we'll figure that one out this <laughs> afternoon. I'll go home, try to jump the car, and see what we can figure out there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. 
It really is mm-hmm. this just being cooped up. At least we had a lot of good sports to watch. Well, Man, did we ever. We had NFL. But boy, outside of the Rams Lions game, there weren't a lot of uh, things of beauty. No. Although there were some. I mean, C.J. Stroud doing what he yeah. did. I know Cleveland's defense is better at home, but this kid. <laughs> I mean, how would you like to be a Panthers fan? Yeah, right. Knowing that, uh, oh, we'll see what happens with Young in his career. But boy, oh boy, C.J. Stroud so far. How about the Packers? Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. They've. I mean, I. I'm not ready to go far. Hall of Fame, Rogers, Hall of Fame, love, tap the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, this last couple of months, he has been unbelievable. Like 20 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. It might even be better than that. He's been amazing. Eagles last night, uh, I don't know how Sirianni survives. I mean, what an unmitigated collapse. This team was 10 and 1. <laughs> right. This team was 10 and 1. Mm-hmm. And to look like they did, uh, just absolutely pathetic. Uh, apparently, every team in the state of Iowa. Uh, basketball wise, uh, is is on a run right now because yeah. none of them are losing, which is great for business. So keep it up. Iowa State chance on the road tonight. Hawks had a great win on Friday. The men followed it up yesterday. Gus Johnson listened a lot to him on Saturday night. Trent, he wasn't over the top. He was, he was better. He was for him reserved. Yes, I, I thought it was going to be over the top. I did too, and I was excited for it just because it's him and basketball. Yeah, I'm with you. And it wasn't that. I, he, he loves Molly Davis. And, yeah, but that's true. What she did, though, in that game, Caitlin goes out with the two fouls, and you're like, well, where are they going to turn? Yeah. And they turned to her. Yeah. Her ability, uh, she averaged 20 a game in the MAC. She's small. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's listed at 5'3, and people that have stood next to her say there's no chance she's 5'3. Is that yeah. right? <laughs> but, you know, she averaged 20 a game in the MAC. And last year, she looked out of place mm-hmm. when she got the spot minutes, and it was 8, 10, 12 minutes a game, something like that. There were times she just looked overwhelmed. Not the case now. And she understands how to get in there with that small frame and get it high off the glass and get the buckets. She was really, really good. And they're going to need her. They really are. She's going to be, they need another score. Somebody else. scoring. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Somebody else off the bounce because, and that's not Hannah Stulke. That's nope. not. Speaking of uh, women's basketball, we get NFL finally starting on Sunday. Yep. As the first game obviously got moved to Monday. Mm-hmm. And what was I doing Flipping back and forth, the beginning of the Packers-Cowboys game. And as excited as I was for any playoff game all weekend long. Right. What were we watching? I was flipping back and forth between that and the end of the LSU-Auburn women's so basketball. So you can see Mulkey go down in uh-huh. flames. Just... And Angel Reese got the ball in her hands, and it's up to her to... Would they have tied it? At... She had the ball to tie, I can't I think, even remember. Right? off. I think so, though. Yeah. yeah. And, got it and lost the they possession. They just went 1-4 low. I tried to have her because they didn't have Van Lith on the floor huh. late in the game. Oh, and so it's so good to watch Kim Mulkey lose. She's just such a despicable, There's, unlikely figure. And I've seen this on Twitter from a number of people, but they're absolutely right. If there is one person who can bring Hawkeye and Cyclone fans together, yes. it's their, it's their uh, hatred, maybe. Disdain. Like Disdain, but well done uh, for, for Kim Mulkey, and it does bring them together. So, yeah, it was... Um, it was good to see them going down in flames, especially after the you know the whole forty shot thing deal or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And uh, anyways, the jealousy that so many people have for Caitlin Clark is unbelievable. So um, NFL was not great, but uh, we're down to eight teams. We're down to one more Saturday of football until September of next year, which stinks. Uh, so many directions to go, but let's start uh, with Fran McCaffrey um, and, and becoming the all time winningest coach and surpassing Tom Davis. I guess McCaffrey and Davis have developed a really good relationship. Uh, McCaffrey called him his mentor last night. Um, my takeaway from the game last night was just watching 
uh, some of the young kids, right? I mean, Josh Dix. Yes. What an incredible game. Back to back now for him. That's true because he had a career high on Friday yep. and then jumped over that last night. Uh, with, uh, what did he have, finished 20, 21, 22, something like that. Uh, he was terrific. Harding didn't score a ton, but boy, when he did, it was flashy. Yes. That little, that little, uh, spin, uh, move. spin move in, yes. the, in the lane, that was something to behold. Um, I really like the lineup with him and Bowen out there together too. Do his little th- quickness. Yeah, that yeah. was, that was something different. Now you gotta have a shooter out there. I mean, I feel like, when you go with that lineup, you probably have to have Peyton out there, who didn't shoot it well last no. night. But and his have brother some still hasn't shot it well since he's been on. Yeah, Owen Freeman battled foul trouble mm-hmm. still when he was in there. Yeah. He was incredibly impactful. And Dabali, though he didn't score, you know, I'm glad you brought him up. Trent. Yeah. I thought he did some things too. Yeah, he was post defense against yep. Garcia. You got to have an extra post in there, and they were able Hands to do that. Were active, yes. stole a couple of balls. Really liked the play out of him. This group, we said they had to go three and zero in the stretch. I mean, realistically. Mm-hmm. With Purdue looming on mm-hmm. Saturday, they did it. Yes, they're three and zero. We've talked a lot about the Big Ten's not as good. And I this thought year. Nebraska would give them fits, and they did not. And the shooting variance definitely showed up in that game after going fourteen of twenty three against Purdue. Yeah, right? Yeah. What was it? Three of twenty three? Yep. I think in the Almost game against Destin. Iowa. Yes. Yeah. And uh, same thing for Minnesota. Didn't shoot it well. Is it the Iowa defense being better? I think this team is a bit better defensively, mm-hmm. certainly even than they were a year I ago. Last, I thought that showed yesterday. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota's not great by any means, right. but. Um, I think they held them below their season average. Yeah. They're certainly on pace to do so late in a basketball game. There was a lot of good things with this squad. Now, you pull the upset Saturday. Yeah. We're having a different conversation. The likelihood. <laughs> not, 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 Ken Pomeroy gives them a 28% chance of winning uh, more that game. More than I would have thought. I, yeah, that's even higher than I yeah. feel. It's more 10 It's just Purdue has been such a mm-hmm. bad matchup for Iowa. Cricky's not a great on-ball defender against ED. The shooters that they have on the outside. It it's not yesterday. a good matchup. Cricky was. Now, the one thing in the two losses for Purdue, we mentioned Nebraska, 14 mm-hmm. three-pointers. Northwestern, 10 of 20 from three. Mm-hmm. Got to shoot the basketball. Yep. You just have to. Yep. You're not going to get a ton inside. Now, I would like to see Cricky, you know, pull him out, pull Edie out a little bit more. We'll get more into the game as we get a little bit closer to it on Saturday. But looking forward to that one and a real chance now for this team because as the Big Ten's down, the ACC's down, the SEC's okay, the Big 12's great, mm-hmm. and the Mount, well, the Mountain West. Might be a six bid league this year, mm. but you still got to put sixty eight teams in there. Yeah, I said for a long time, I don't even think ten and ten would be good enough to get Iowa into the tournament. As we get deeper, ten and ten might top um, top of your head right now. How many teams from the Big Ten hear their name called? Wisconsin, Purdue. Yeah, that's a tier. Yep, Illinois now without Shannon losing to Maryland at home. You can't do that. They're still a tournament team. And then there was a little uh, a brouhaha at the end of that Illinois-Maryland coaching-wise, right? One of, the, one of the Illinois staff wouldn't shake one of the Maryland players' hands Stop. or something? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to you know precipitate that, but um, there was a little set to it at the end of it, a little hard feelings. If we say those three teams, we're still feel confident Illinois will get in eventually. I think so. Who else? Who else are you confident with as a tournament team? Ohio State, after that yeah. future performance yesterday, they looked awful. Yeah, I, I get the Fab Five's back together. I mean, that was cool, by it the way. It was, yeah. Juiced was, up environment. Yep, yep. Ohio State's now 2-4 and four in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Their resume is not very shiny. You look through, Michigan State will probably Yeah, get they there. will. They will for sure. That's they four will. teams. Yeah. And there's likely going to be five, six, and seven will probably mm-hmm. find their way there. I think Iowa has as good a chance as anybody else from Northwestern. They've Nebraska. certainly changed the narrative. Right. 
which I didn't think was going to no, happen. I didn't either. And another credit to yeah. Fran McCaffrey yeah. doing that. Yeah. 0-3 whole a year ago. There's been plenty of times we have buried his teams in December, mm-hmm. and they find a way. It'd be six straight NCAA tournaments mm-hmm. for Fran McCaffrey can get mm-hmm. this group to the tournament. Maybe his best coaching job if he can get this group you're without not, an All-American. You're not the first to say that, Trent, and you know what? I think there's some validity to it. Historically, I love Dr. Tom. That was my guy. Mm-hmm. I remember a little bit of the raveling era, the, just the last year, mm-hmm. but I was a little kid. Right. The, more, the only real memories that I have outside of a couple of glimpses and, and losing in the NCAA tournament was my grandpa being mad that he wore a jumpsuit on the sideline. Yeah, <laughs> my, my grandpa was one of those guys, too. And unfortunately, he was not alone. Didn't like that. Well, now everybody wears track suits on the sideline. Yep. It's a little bit different era than it was in the mid-'80s. But Dr. Tom, obviously bursting onto the scene. And then there was just what Iowa basketball is now. Make the tournament more times than not. Make a run. Get beat in the second round. Mm-hmm. It was just time and after. And people had this memory that it was every year a Sweet 16. He had a decade stretch. He didn't make a Sweet 16. The final season, without a contract, they made a run. Great win against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Gave you kind of hell of a fight in the Sweet 16. Yep. And it was a long time ago. But it is not some kind of automatic that Iowa basketball is destined for the Sweet 16. It's a difficult job. And what Fran McCaffrey has done with this job, it's to be commended. I know sideline antics, some people don't like that. I'm good with him. Yeah. He carries himself a different way. He's got that East Coast kind of swagger to him. He does. That's who he is. That's how he's built. But his upbringing. Game in and game out. Time in and time out. Year in and year out. He has this team at minimum competent. There hasn't been that huge drop-off. There's been one year in the past 11 where they've had a drop-off. That doesn't happen in college basketball. I thought we were on the cusp of it this year, but mm-hmm. uh, you know what? I'm glad that they have uh, at least for at least here we sit. What are they? Middle of January. Uh, it's certainly looking a whole lot better. Meanwhile, Iowa State. Look, Oklahoma State uh, had, <laughs> had a ton of trouble even getting to Ames. And once they did, they got off really. By the way, I I was falling down ten to one last night too. Yeah, it did not. The, the game did not start well, finish well. Meanwhile, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State came out guns a blazing, and, and then there was just too much Iowa State team. Mm-hmm. Trent, this team when Trey King's going, Hassan Ward, they're alleying, they're open. <laughs> I mean, that was a show on uh, on Saturday once the game finally started uh, at Hilton Coliseum. Look, we wondered what this team was going to be like. Um, I don't know if Orlando was an anomaly. If we we'll look back on that, and say how did they lose as bad? How did they look as bad as they did <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend? Um, I'm ready to chalk it up to that. It was just a bad weekend. Okay, I think I'm ready to be there. Now these were also just two wins at home. Mm-hmm. We have to see it on the road, right? But I mean, the win over Houston, yes, that was a huge one. Yep. And though Houston lost again to TCU, mm-hmm. Houston's still the number one team at Ken Palm. Yeah. Now the gap is narrowed after back-to-back losses from the Cougars, but this is still considered, at least analytically, the best team in the country. Mm -hmm. Now you go on the road, two difficult places to play to. BYU, in altitude, a good team. Are they a top 25 team? They shoot it like crazy, Trent. If they're making their threes, if BYU is making their threes, they're a tough out. And they, they've they been making their threes lately. Uh, they got some size in the middle, which might give... You know, up until this uh, up until this year, might give some uh, Iowa State teams some fits, but Iowa State's got some length uh, in the middle now too. So Ward's playing out of his mind. Trey King was terrific the other day. You know what Big Rob's going to bring to the floor? Yep, Lipsy. I mean, come on, he's so good. <laughs> he, <laughs> he really and truly is. One thing I wanted to bring up with Lipsy. So great game again. Didn't hit a three pointer though. So over the last three games, what is he? He is now one of nine from downtown. Mm. 
after he got back above 40%. Yep. Like, okay. It wasn't fixed, but it was better. Mm-hmm. Do you at least put that in the back of your mind? Because, mm. you know, the game that he went 5 of 7 against mm. Florida A&M, okay. Yeah, that's, that's the anomaly. Right. Not New the Hampshire, over. 3 and 5. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. That's one thing. But now he missed four free throws against Houston. It's still, I think, lingering in the back of your mind. But he does so many other good things well. He is so strong. He's such a good on-ball defender. He does those things. And what I love from this team and what we saw, it wasn't just Tame and Lipsy and making the extra pass. They all were. Yes. It, it was making the right call, making the right feed. It was not... Some of the hero ball that they fell in love with the last couple of years, you know, Kalsher late in the shot clock, those kind of things. It was the extra pass. And this offense, it looks so much better than it did the last two seasons. Yep, without a doubt. And, and you know, we, we heard all summer that Lipsy uh, is making those threes in practice, that he's, he spent so much time in the gym, blah, blah, blah. He's going to have bad nights, but he's going to mm-hmm. maybe have some more uh, of those five of sevens or four for eights or whatever they may be. They're, they're, they're coming, but you're right. Not going to be easy for the uh, clones to win on the road tonight. BYU, if they're making their threes, look out below because they can really hit them. Uh, and then after that, off they go to Fort Worth, right? To TCU is next? Yes, that's coming up on Saturday. So... BYU, TCU, you steal one, you feel great. Mm-hmm. You win both of these, we're having a different conversation. Yeah. We're talking about regular season title because mm-hmm. this thing's going to be a bear. Over, under, terms of victories this season. 18-game lead yep. schedule. The regular season champion has 14 wins. Over, under. For Iowa State? No, no, no. Oh, over, under. Uh, for, the, for the... Oh, that's a good number. I couldn't put a hook on it. Um, 14 and a half, I'd put it under. I'd put 13 and a half. I'd go over. You think 14 and 4? I think 14 wins it. I don't think anybody gets to 14 and 4. You don't think 14? I think 13 13 and and 5 is going to be the regular season title. And maybe a tie at 13 and 5. Speaking of that, Kansas, we just got to talk about the Jayhawks. Projected record in the Big Ten right now. They're 2 and 1. Big Big 12. 12. They're 2 and 1. Okay. Their projected record is 10 and 8. Wow. what's, What's Houston? Houston is projected to be the regular season champion at 13 and 5. 5. Clones? Iowa State projected at 11 and 7. He's signed for that. So your projected standings Houston, number one, 13 and 5. Baylor alone in second at 12 and 6. Then a three way tie with Tech, Iowa State, and BYU at 11 and 7. Hmm. Followed by Kansas, TCU, and Oklahoma at 10 and 8. Do they? No, it's only a single game with Baylor this year, right? I think they only get Baylor. God, I, you know, that's the. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it's changed. Yeah, it's never going back. But boy, it was great last it was. Few years, right? Mm-hmm. Home and home. So last decade, every, right? Last decade. Uh, Miller and Condon on one hundred six point three KX. You know, um, coming up, we will talk to Alec Bussey. More Iowa State conversation uh, just around the corner. All right, let's do a couple of minutes on the NFL. Um, let's look. Forward, we'll go back when Nick joins us okay. uh, here in hour number two. So, looking forward to what we are going to see uh, this coming weekend, the divisional round. You can only watch one. Which one are you watching? What's no? I'll put it this differently. Oh, okay, because the regional games move our needle. What's what's is going to be the best game? Which is going to be the uh, a repeat of Detroit and the Rams? Edge of your seat, right down to the wire. Is going to be what? I think the answer to both of those questions is the same game. If I could only watch one and what's going to be the best, I think it is Chiefs at Buffalo, the Buffalo, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. You get Patrick Mahomes playing a true road game for the first time mm-hmm. in his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they played a Super Bowl in Tampa again. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you've been to Super Bowls, Ken. You know that's not a home field environment. No, no, it's not. It's a bunch of corporate. It is. 
yes, there were fans. There were also plenty mm-hmm. of Chiefs fans that made their way down to, Ch- to Tampa for that game. So this is the first, you have that component. You got weather, which is always cool. Mm. It's it's Buffalo in January. And it's a night game. It's going to be chilly. Yeah. You got that component to it. But Makes apparently game, at this point, no snow in the forecast. Which is okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, you know, some flurries make it a little bit better. But yeah. seeing Mahomes on the road mm-hmm. against Buffalo. Buffalo, maybe their last chance of going there. And they kind of have the feeling, I think I heard it the other day. It's like the Atlanta Hawks of the 80s. They're really good. Yeah. Really entertaining. The hump. But just can't get yeah. over that hump. And, and I thought it was really apt. It, it, yep. it has that feeling. You got stars there, Dominic Wilkins, Josh mm-hmm. Allen. You got everything, but they just couldn't beat, well, for them, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And for the Hawks, it was the Celtics and the Bulls and everything mm-hmm. else. So I thought it was a really good description and have that feel because they're kind of in salary cap hell. You know, they, they, they're not going to have a whole lot of moves that they can make. They got some guys that they need to pay. Mm-hmm. This might be it for Buffalo, at least as we currently know them, and have to retool on the fly with Josh Allen. And well, what they're they did do. that. They did that over the week, Trent, retooling on the fly. We got to bring up AJ Klein. I mean, what a remarkable story this right? was, right? Yeah. I get that he's been there and he knows the system and blah blah blah. But this dude was headed to the beach. He literally was headed to the beach with his family on vacation and hadn't played a down all year. I'm not even sure was he on a practice squad at any point in the year. I can't remember if it did. It, it might have come across the feed at some point, but I don't remember it. 11 tackles every single time. The, I mean, and he's got Najee coming at him. Right. That's a big dude. And a lot of and a lot of guys have been known to make business decisions <laughs> right. when Najee's coming at you. Yes. Um, you know, as we saw last night in the Eagles game, boy, oh boy, those guys quit. Yeah, they did. Um, but but AJ Klein, 11 tackles after not playing all year. Here you go. We need you get in there. What a remarkable performance out of the former Cyclone. Remarkable. Do you give, do you give Houston any shot? Because I think no, I do. do you? Yeah, I do. Stroud? Yes. Maybe. Lamar? Yeah. Playoffs? Uh, <laughs> I think that narrative's going to change this year. I just I hope so, because it'll be a good investment opportunity for me this year. Got a lot of AFC and Super Bowl tickets on the Ravens, and this mm-hmm. would be a very profitable one if that goes out. But Can you lend me some money? Because there's <laughs> blood all over the floor at my house. But the Chargers and Cowboys did not make it this Chargers, year. Chargers, Bengals, oh. uh, Browns. Yeah. Uh, those were my big three. <laughs> At least and one of them made the playoffs. <laughs> right. You got a little bit for your buddy of yeah, worth, right? Waiting all season long money. to oh build God. up that portfolio, and, and that's what it was. I, I can get out if the Niners win. The Niners win. So you got your Niners, saver ticket on the Niners. I got a, yeah, Niners win. Um and I think I went back and got some exactas, mm-hmm. Ravens, Niners, back and forth. Before it was on Saturday morning, I invested a little more on San Francisco just to win the NFC. At that what'd point, you get them at? They were minus 175. Minus one, I just, again, was it going to be Dallas? No. Is it going to be Detroit? I still can't see it. I, I can't. And now that number, just to get to the Super Bowl, don't have to win the whole thing, just to win that. They were minus 175 before the playoffs began early in the morning. Right now, to win the conference, well, they're only minus 185. I, I still, mm-hmm. I know it's a minus number. They're not losing the Green Bay, are they? No, I don't think so. I, I think that the, the, well, I thought the Cowboys would beat the uh, Packers. I tried to tell you. Yeah. How did I, you I do in your win. picks? Two and three. So I went two and three. Yeah, we both went two and three. How many games am I in front of you? You have this thing locked up. It's over. It's over. You're the champion. Because there's only seven football games left yeah. this year. 
You got it wrapped up. You got an eight-game lead. It is all yours. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you very much, Trent Condon. Well over 63% for you on the season. I'm still at 55%. That's good. I mean, it's making money. Yeah. But can't track you down this season. Congratulations. We'll still make the picks, though. Yeah, no, I want to make, I'll keep making these picks. All right, um, let's try and at least give you a chance to win $1,000. How about let's do that? Time for another $1,000 swoosh. Swoosh. At KXNO.com. Right now, you can enter this nationwide contest. The keyword uh, is pay. Pay at KXNO.com. It's your chance to win $1,000. Pay at KXNO.com. Stay tuned for your next chance to win. Swoosh! Found it. One hour from now. One hour from now. The keyword this hour is pay. Uh, throughout the afternoon, Murph and Andy have two chances. And, of course, the drive with Heather and Sean, three opportunities in the 3, 4, and 5 o'clock hour. Alex Bussey next on Iowa State. He and the folks at 24-7 Sports were up front on the Matt Campbell story. Uh, we'll talk to him, or non-story, depending on how you want to take it. Uh, Troy Dannon apparently picked up the phone. Uh, we'll get the latest on Alec Bussey on that. Uh, Iowa State sent on release today, three transfers in to the program. They made that official. Uh, Bussy next on the clones. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Des Moines near Val Air Ballroom. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Earth until 1. Murph and Andy, 1 to 3. The drive with Heather and Sean, 3 until 6. Let's talk Iowa State, shall we? They are on the uh, road tonight. Of course, you can hear the game if you can't be in front of a TV down the hall here. 100.3 the bus. Uh, Eric Heft and John Walters, as always, on the call. Alec Bussey joins us on a Tuesday as we get underway here with the guest list. Uh, Alec, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Alec, how are you? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, somehow I've managed to not freeze to death in the last couple of <laughs> couple of days, but we're doing okay. Absolutely. Uh, brutal, brutal, brutal. Anyways, lots of ground to cover with you basketball-wise. I want to start with uh, with your, uh, I guess, what do we call him? X? Is that what you call him? Your tweet? I, 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 it's always Twitter. It's, it's your I'm, I'm tweet getting, yesterday yeah. uh, uh, regarding Matt Campbell, and uh, apparently there was uh, a connection made between Troy Dannon. Not shouldn't be a, didn't catch anybody off guard. Troy Dannon, an Iowa guy, of course, was spent so much time at UNI, uh, and has to be you know very much in tune with what Matt Campbell's meant to Iowa State. Um, phone call. Um, how did it happen? What uh, take us behind your reporting on this, Alec, and the folks at twenty four seven Sports? Yeah, so I um, woke up on Sunday and kind of knew that there was uh, at least some background information. Um, you know, Campbell had been kind of listed for the Washington job as a potential candidate, and you know, after the game on Saturday night, the basketball game on Saturday night, I spent a lot of my Sunday kind of trying to connect with people in the industry and see what kind of. Um, momentum there was for Matt Campbell at the Washington job. And I had a source indicate to me that he interviewed for the Washington position. I don't know um, how serious that was. I think the term interview can kind of be interpreted a lot of different ways when it comes to coaching searches. I think a lot of people here interview and think, you know, people are putting on a suit and a tie and they're flying out and they're sitting in a boardroom behind a table and they're making all these great pitches. I don't think it necessarily works that way in every situation. I think it's more of an informal um, kind of situation with Coach Campbell in the Washington position. And 
Um, I was told by a couple different people that he was one of their top three or five different candidates, along with a few other names, um, mostly in the Big 12. Um, Lance Leipold, Chris Kleiman, um, and if you want to count Jeff Fish as a Big 12 coach who Washington ends up mm-hmm. deciding to hire, um, were some of the names that Washington was really interested in. Um, and obviously, you know, Campbell um, ends up staying at Iowa State. And I don't know if there was a job offer on the table from most national reports and people who are way better sourced than I am and way more connected in the coaching search industry. Um, it seems like Washington kind of got the guy that they're looking for in Jeff Fish. And, um, Fish has certainly done a really good job in two, three years at Arizona rebuilding that program. Yeah, it really has. And Matt Campbell, his name's going to be out there a bunch. Mm-hmm. It's what's going to happen with success if they have another successful season. That's likely going to be the case. A guy that's still in his 40s, right? I mean, yeah. this isn't going to end. And no, this isn't going, his last opportunity. No, no, absolutely not. One, yeah. There's going to be plenty of those opportunities that are going to be out there, but he's maintained. You know, with him not having an agent, you do wonder. I mean, we continue to hear Jimmy Sexton right at the middle of things. If that's something that he is going to do, you know, he was such a hot name, and that's dried up a little bit compared to what it was three, four years ago. If that's something he's going to do, do you have any background on that at all? Him not really having a, a true agent, a Jimmy Sexton type out there that's kind of working for him, and with it, getting a lot of raises seem to go hand in hand when your name gets out there a whole bunch. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of knowledge of his situation with an agent. Um, I will say it related to him and his desire to be at Iowa State, I think it's really high. Um, He's obviously been connected to a ton of different jobs throughout the past. We're coming up on a decade now, right? I mean, at least four or five years of him being connected to a ton of different open jobs because of the success he's had at Iowa State. And, um, you know, that deserves a lot of credit. Iowa State's not a place that has a ton of success historically, of course, but he's made Iowa State a consistent winner, a consistent bowl team, a consistent team that's winning – seven, eight games a year. They had a, one year where they won nine games and won the Fiesta Bowl. Like, that deserves a ton of credit. And I think Matt Campbell is really happy at Iowa State because he gets to do it the way he wants to do it. And he feels supported here and he feels appreciated here in the way that he does do it, um, whether it's from an administrative standpoint with Jamie Pollard and Iowa State's Board of Trustees and their president's office and all those things. There's great alignment in the way that Matt Campbell wants to do it and a great belief. And it's also no secret that Iowa State fans really support him and really support the way he has tried to build the football program. So I think that's, you know, as much of the reason why he's still at Iowa State as anything is he loves it at Iowa State. and He feels like he can win the way he wants to win at Iowa State. And I think that that's really commendable um, with so many coaches moving around and so many coaches accepting jobs at different places because it allows them to continue to climb the ladder. You know, Matt Campbell is really happy at Iowa State and he's really pleased with what he's been able to build. And I think that you know, I have a ton of respect for that because a lot of people are just kind of looking for the next great thing that they can accomplish. And I think he feels like what he has at Iowa State is something really special. Uh, he also has three newcomers into the program. That was made official uh, with an announcement. Uh, didn't catch anybody off guard. But why don't you take us in? Uh, take us inside some of the uh, the newcomers to the roster. Got a running back, got a kicker, and an offensive lineman from Wisconsin. What uh, What do we know? What can we look uh, forward to? Or Cyclone fans look forward to uh, with those that trio. Uh, of players. Yeah, so obviously they make this announcement today. Um, obviously it does have four total transfers coming in, but they already announced the addition of Kennard Snyder and Edge Rusher from uh, Louisiana Monroe uh, in December on signing day is when they announced him. So they're bringing in, um, today they officially announced um, Dylan Barrett, a offensive lineman from Wisconsin who didn't play a ton, an interior guy, he's about six foot five, 230-ish pounds. Um, he's got the ability to play both guard and center. 
Um, so I think that that gives Iowa State some good depth. He didn't play a ton in his two, three years at Wisconsin. Um, he's director junior, just played in 13 total games. So that's kind of an interesting add there, a spot where Iowa State certainly adds depth, and I don't think you can ever have enough depth on the offensive line. To then add Carter Davis, um, he's a place kicker, so he's probably in line to potentially replace Chase Contreras as the kicker next season for Iowa State. Um, he finished 2-4 of four on field goals um, with a long of 47 uh, this past season, I believe, um, or the last two years combined, I think, potentially. Um, he comes from Florida Atlantic. He, you know, he comes from Florida Atlantic, New Jersey Military Institute, all those kind of things. Kicker is obviously kind of an interesting spot when it comes to scholarship distribution because you can't spend a ton of scholarships on specialists, whether it's a kicker, a punter, even a long snapper. Um, and then Jalen Jackson is a transfer addition that I really like. He comes from Eastern Michigan. Um, he started his career at Lamar. He's a kid from Texas originally. But he's someone who gives Iowa State needed depth at running back. Um, he's got the ability to kind of split out, catch balls out of the backfield. And I think he should take some of the weight and some of the pressure off of Abu Sama and Carson Hansen heading into um, their true sophomore seasons in 2025 or in 2024. Excuse me. But yeah, Jackson has totaled about 974, 75 yards, something like that, close to 1,000 yards um, with four touchdowns in the last two seasons at Eastern Michigan. I think he's a really good depth piece to add. Alec, let's take a look back before we look forward at tonight. BYU, a huge matchup, top 25 showdown with the Cougs out there in Provo. And look back at Oklahoma State. Uh, Take us through Mike Boynton talking about the team getting there. I mean, it just sounded like such a mess for them to get there. The delay, 5 o'clock start, uh, 6 o'clock, 7, 7.15, and they finally got that thing started. Kind of take us through the trials and tribulations of the Cowboys getting up here. Yeah, so they obviously had a pretty hectic week in general um, when it comes to their travel. They ended up doing day of travel for two different games last week. I think the Mm -hmm. Iowa State game was a little bit more of a headache for Oklahoma State. They ended up not leaving on Thursday, which kind of put them in a difficult spot um, with the weather in the Des Moines area um, and really this this entire area late last week with the blizzard, the cold, all those different things. So they were originally supposed to leave on – Friday, I believe, or Saturday. Um, but the plan ended up getting delayed because of maintenance issues in Oklahoma City. And then obviously the weather in this area caused some issues with them kind of getting off the plane and then getting over to Ames. So the game ended up getting delayed a couple of different times. I think Coach Boynton was more or less just kind of frustrated with the whole process. Um, I don't know if, I don't want to put words into his mouth. Um, but he just kind of seemed frustrated and said that there could have been more done to kind of accommodate the travel schedule that Oklahoma State kind of had to battle. So I think that that kind of frustrated him. And he made a point um, of needing to make decisions that are in the best interest of the athletes, again, which I found kind of interesting. Uh, but, yeah, obviously the game gets played at 7-15. It wasn't originally scheduled to play on ESPN+, Plus, but they end up moving it to ESPN+, Plus for similar reasons, because ESPN couldn't or didn't feel like it was safe enough for their production team, their broadcast team, to kind of get into the Des Moines and Ames area because of the weather. So the weather put a huge handcuff on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I think once Oklahoma State kind of traveled and they got to Iowa, it was going to be really hard for the game to not happen on Saturday, just given the fact that they were already here, if that makes sense. Like once they landed in Iowa, the game was going to happen on Saturday or Sunday at the absolute, absolute latest. 
because it wouldn't make sense for them to travel all the way up here mm-hmm. and not play the game. No, 100% right. Uh, if the broadcasters, I have no idea who they were. I believe the color analyst was actually the radio analyst of Baylor Women's that did the game on ESPN. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard at some point during the broadcast. Well, uh, here and now tonight, off they go to to BYU. Um, BYU, look, if they're making their threes, they're a really good basketball team, right? They kind of live and die by it. Eh, Maybe that's unfair because they got a big guy in the middle uh, that can fill it up as well. What do you know about uh, BYU? How how tough a task is this going to be for TJ's squad? Yeah, I think this will be a really good game. When you look at the statistical profiles of these two teams, they're very, very similar. Um, BYU's a metric starling, just kind of like Iowa State is, for similar reasons, um, just on opposite sides of the ball. BYU's offense shoots a ton of threes. Um, they're a top 25 offense in the country. They're second in the country, I think, in three-pointers attempted, but first in three-pointers made. Um, and they're shooting 37% from three, which is top 50 in the country. So obviously it's going to have to defend the three-point line at a high level, and that's certainly something that they've struggled with at times this season. Um, opponents are making like 35 36% from three this year, I believe, against Iowa State. But that's also like the one area defensively where Iowa State isn't truly, truly elite. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see if they kind of change their defensive coverages at all from the perimeter um, heading into tonight's game. Other than that, I think it'll just be a really good game because BYU has a really tough place to play. I would expect their arena, the Marriott Center, I believe it's called, um, to be close to packed at 18,000 people. People say it's super, super loud. It's one of the most difficult places to play in the country. And I think that'll be a really good test for Iowa State because they haven't had a ton of truly difficult road games to play this year. Obviously, going to DePaul wasn't super challenging for them. Oklahoma isn't known as being a super difficult place to play. The Lloyd Normal Center seemed to have some good energy when Iowa State lost theirs to open mm-hmm. Big 12 play. But then, of course, you're going to have some more difficult Big 12 games to go on the road and play when you think about having to go to Houston in February, having to play, um, you know, at Kansas State to end the season. You know, those are a couple. Baylor, I'll be intrigued to see how much energy is in that place um, with it being a new stadium. But you combine all those things. I think it's a really big game and really good opportunity for Iowa State. Alec Bussey, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. Alec, uh, what have you got coming up at uh, Cyclone Alert you'd like to uh, share with the audience? Yeah, we'll obviously have all of our game coverage going up tonight after the game. Um, tomorrow we're going to do something on the early enrollees. There's some players from the 2024 football class who are starting classes today. Uh, assuming Iowa State didn't cancel classes because of the cold, or they're at least in their online classes today, I guess you could say. Um, then we'll do some other football recruiting preview stuff with kids announcing um, plans to visit uh, in the first weekend of February. So excited to kind of get back on the role of uh, covering some recruiting coverage over at the website. Good stuff. We will uh, catch up with you on Monday, Alec. Have a good week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Looking forward yep. to it. Have a good one. Yep, you too. Alec Bussey, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. I want to uh, bring up Audie Crooks, what, what yeah. she's doing. Uh, as a true freshman, uh, you saw her. <laughs> I did. Uh, have to build, have to assume she just absolutely dominated the competition. Yes, and she kind of is already in the Big Twelve. <laughs> is that too over the top? You know, I mean, and there was she wasn't freshman of the week. She was player of the week. You know, and we've, we've talked about her and Brown and what those two players yeah. are. But it's not just them. I mean, that this young group into beat Baylor in that fashion, being down, look like you're getting was run 19, out of the gym. Yes. Yeah. After doing it against West Virginia earlier in the week, being down 18 in that game, 
and coming back to win. It's one thing to do it against a West Virginia team that's right. bubblicious, right? I yeah. mean, that's Baylor's fourth ranked in the country. To do it against Baylor, just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. This young group, it's exciting. And you wonder how much this is rejuvenated uh, Bill Fenley. Couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Because we were, to. we're talking about playing the back nine. Yeah. How many holes has he got left? Yeah. You saw the departures last season. Man, is this thing going to, wheels going to kind of start to come off? Kind of felt like it, didn't it? And all of a sudden you got this group and mm-hmm. the way that they're playing. Maybe and now we know why there were so many departures. <laughs> Absolutely. And the fun that they're having and the smiles that you see yeah. on them. It, it's it's been an incredible story. Yes, it is. This young group is growing up in a big time way. And wherever they are in the NCAA tournament, yes, they'll be a tournament team again. Mm-hmm. They're a four five seed. Wow. And you see them in the Sweet Sixteen as a number one. Mm. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah, really. Six foot three, Audie Crooks. Uh-huh. Man, oh man, um, good for her. What a start! And you're right; it's it's more than her. It's her entire group, uh, class, and now Emily Ryan back on the floor. Um, uh, that kind of that glue, I guess. Yeah. We'll take a timeout. Come back and finish the hour. Miller and Condon. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point eight hundred bets off. Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes, hour number one. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Another chance to win $1,000 coming up in about a half hour right now. And then throughout the afternoon, with Murph and Andy and with Heather and Sean on the KXNO Drive. I don't know if you stuck with the game till the bitter end of it last night, but watching Jason Kelsey come off the field, you could see the tears running down his face. Uh, he knew that uh, his time in the league was coming to an end, and he was doing it his way. He wasn't being pushed out. He was... Uh, getting out, uh, what a remarkable career! Of yeah. course, maybe his maybe his most uh, the podcast is bringing a lot of eyeballs <laughs> yes. to him too with his brother. But the uh, the Super Bowl parade and the outfit that he wore, mm-hmm. do you remember that? He's yeah. dressed up like what well, was Johnny Carson at the desk? The uh, Schwami? No, no, the great. What the hell was he? Scambini, something the, like that. Swam, swam, no, it's the, the great. But you know him, right. I remember. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but he had that whole outfit. What the hell was Johnny Carson? Oh man, him and Ed McMahon. That oh, was a that... pretty solid bit. Yes, it was. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, um, but uh, what? Karnak. Hell was... Karnak. Thank you. Well done. Did you cheat? I did. <laughs> Karnak the mun- Karnak the, the mag- magnificent. Yes, yep. I remember that part now. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, what a career! Uh, won a Super Bowl. Got to another one. Lost to his brother. Uh, as good a center as there is, has played the game in some time and um, going off into retirement. But just you could just see it on his face at the end of the game. He knew it was over. Uh, to answer your question, no, I did not stick to the end. You didn't? No. How many out. games did you? Did you see the end of the Houston game? Uh Yes. Okay. Just because it was kind of transition, we were getting dinner ready, so it was on. Did you? But see I wasn't like sitting watching. Glued. It. Right. Did you see the end of the Cowboys Packers game? Yes, because of the potential comeback. They took Jordan Love out of the game and put him back in. <laughs> right. Right. Aaron also, Jones, likewise. Yeah. And if that two point conversion would oh have God. not had the well, offensive pass interference, yep. is that what it was? Yep. Yeah. I, I don't think it would have happened. I don't think happened. so no. either. But we saw some coaches make some, I mean, that, just some yesterday. McDermott. <laughs> yes. The 49 yard field goal. Um, and throwing the ball instead of running the ball mm-hmm. and letting the clock get to the two minute warning. Got the Steelers right back into the game. They it really did. That was not a 31 17 game. No, it wasn't, Trent. I agree with you. I agree with you. Buffalo, 
Well, we're going to talk to Nick Gaffin coming up here. Mm. He has called out Buffalo as kind of a paper tiger for a long time. And you know who else he has if they get past Buffalo? Lamar Jackson. Uh-huh. He is not a fan. Well, he is a fan of the Cowboy, or of the Chiefs, rather. That'll be uh, come across loud and clear. Can you imagine if the Chiefs get back again this year? Well, I'll tip my cap to them if they do, because mm. they're doing it on the road. They're having to go You're through right. Buffalo, and then having to go through Baltimore. That would be remarkable in and of itself. It is Kansas City, though. Yeah. Couldn't you see Houston winning the game just because... The Chiefs have had a lot of breaks go their way. So Houston and and the they, Chiefs in the AFC Championship and game? And all of a sudden, another game back in Arrowhead oh to get back God. to the Super Bowl. What will be the sixth straight year of a conference championship oh game in Arrowhead? Kind of has a Patriots sniffed scent mm-hmm. to it, doesn't it? Hey, by the way, um, I, I love what the NFL is doing, at least their teams. The Atlanta Falcons have interviewed Bill Belichick. The Los Angeles Chargers have interviewed Jim Harbaugh. I like that kind of transparency. We don't get that in Iowa City. No. No. Scott Dockman coming up more on the Hawks at 1225. Uh, we'll get to the Chiefs more with that. Nick Athen. Hour two's coming up. Another keyword. We're Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.